Okay, so it's August 3rd, and I'm here, like I said, doing my uh, college football preview show. So basically how this is going to work, I got my buddy Derek Miller here with me, and uh, we're going to run down the Power Five conferences, kind of talk about some of the top teams, maybe who we think our conference champion from each conference will be, and kind of go from there. So... I guess we can just start in the ACC, and yeah, well, so we can go. We'll do like the AC. We'll break it down and go like Atlantic, rank the Atlantic, and then rank the Coastal. Okay, let's do that. So okay. I guess I'll I'll start with the Atlantic. The Atlantic kind of for me, this is going to be probably the most out of if you look at the ACC, the Atlantic or the Coastal. This will be the most competitive division I think when you have. Clemson there, who played for a national title last year. You had Florida State, who was in a New Year's Six Bowl and uh, looks loaded again. You have Louisville in there, who was very good. NC State, not sure what to think of them. They had a tough ball loss to Mississippi State. Boston College is, is going to be decent. Syracuse, they're kind of up in the air, and Wake is is rebuilding. I think, honestly, and, and you'll probably agree with this as well, 95% of – college football fans is that the gate, the, the Atlantic division is going to come down to Clemson and Florida state. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that game is in Dope Campbell, so it's going to be even tougher. And here's the problem for the loser of that game is it's so late in the year that even if Florida state wins and then were to lose again and Clemson wins out, the loser of this game is basically out of the playoff. Um, and that's just the way I see it because it's so late in the year that you won't have enough time to right. rebound. Yep. So, um, obviously I got Clemson as my favorite in the Atlantic and the conference as a whole. I've seen a couple pick them. Clemson's my favorite as well. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people pick them as number one in the country. I know they got they got a lot back on defense, and obviously they got Deshaun Watson coming back, and he's probably – him and McCaffrey at Stanford would probably be the Heisman favorites. But Yeah, you would really think so. Yeah, it's really their schedule for me. Like, I'm looking – I'm staring at it right now. Week one is Auburn. I don't know how Auburn will be this year. They kind of dropped off the face of the earth last year. Yeah, but that was, they were pretty bad last year. They really have, like, three games that should even really be a contest, which is Georgia Tech uh, in September 22nd. Georgia Tech always gives anyone problems. Um, I guess I'll count NC State. I think NC State will be better. They have a really tough schedule. I know they're playing Notre Dame, ECU, some teams like that. And then what you said, the Florida at Florida State is obviously their biggest game of the year, and that'll probably decide really what they do as far as the national title picture. And I guess you could put the South Carolina the South Carolina game the last week of the regular season on there, which again I don't know yeah. how they'll be the whole must champ thing and whatnot. Well, it was even a close game last year when South Carolina was terrible. Exactly, and you, you have to assume that Muschamp's going to improve South Carolina. We'll talk about them later. 
I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm looking. They should really be 4-0 heading into the Louisville game. And I think either Louisville or on the road at Boston College are going to be their two trap games this year. Louisville is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get a chance to see them week one when they uh, play Charlotte. I may actually be there. Um, so I'll, I, I don't know how much of a, you know, how, how impressive of a win, how much it'll matter how they look against Charlotte. But they're going to be, I think, pretty good this year. Boston College, I think, is going to – going to sneak up on some people and they could prove to be a tough game. They've always been a thorn in the side of, uh, of tough teams. We've seen them play Florida state tough over the years in the ACC Atlantic. So that wouldn't necessarily shock me. Uh, really though, like you said, um, I really, I, I agree with you. I see those three games. I see Georgia tech, Florida state and South Carolina as going to be their most important, really toughest games with BC or Louisville being that, kind of trap game that you can fall into. Yeah. And <clears throat> Florida State, because obviously I think I, that the entire conference comes down to come to Florida State. And Florida State just seems like they got a tougher schedule. Week one is Ole Miss. And now it's in uh, – it's a new, neutral site, but it's in Florida. So that will be – Yeah, it's a, it's a home game. <laughs> Basically, it says Orlando. But uh, that's primetime ESPN the first week or the Monday after the first Saturday. Um, so, obviously, that's tough. They go at Louisville. And my thing about the Louisville-Clemson game is I think that would be a much tougher game if it was at Louisville. Yeah, that's true. Clemson at home against Louisville, I don't think – I don't. it's kind of hard to sneak up on Clemson at home with that atmosphere. Yeah, that is true. Florida State kind of tried that last year. It actually turned out to be a fantastic game last year. But, um, you know, it, it's just one of those games that I think people are going to look at and they're going to say Clemson's at home. They don't lose at home. Or if they do, it's to very highly ranked opponents. And Louisville may come in and give them a tougher game than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisville is is my sleeper pick in the ACC Atlantic to really – cause maybe maybe a stir, maybe upset a Florida State or a Clemson, not win the division outright. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And if they do, then um, that'll be one heck of a job. But I think that they could really cause some trouble in the ACC Atlantic and finish third or maybe even tied for second if, uh, if one of the top two teams gets upset in another game. Right. Well, just to wrap up the Florida State schedule, uh, so they have the – Ole Miss game, the Louisville game, UNC. I know you. I think UNC. What they lose, they actually kind of improve. So they lost. They lost Williams, right? He yeah. But see, I think uh, Trubisky should have been the starter anyway. I I agree with that. I think Treblinsky or Trubisky, however you say his last name, because it's it's not the easiest to pronounce. I think he's going to be really, really – I think that's going to be almost one of the missing pieces that UNC needs. We'll talk about them in the Coastal, but whether or not they win the Coastal or not. Um, But they're going to be a tough out for Florida State. That's not a gimme at home. Right. Um, So, yeah, and then they got, obviously, the Clemson game we've already talked about. Uh, And then Florida the last week of the season. So that's obviously not the conference, but talking about from national championship sort of uh, standpoint, that should be 
tough game. I don't think Ford will be that great, but that's obviously rivalry yeah. game. It's at home, but it's always a close game, so that could kind of be a toss-up. We, we've talked about Clemson and South Carolina always being a close game. In the Jimbo Fisher era, at least that I've seen, Florida and Florida State, at least the last couple of years, when you look at when Jameis Winston was there and now this past year, they have not been close games. And, and I don't know what Florida's going to have to do to change the tide or something. It's not like they're they're getting in these games and, and losing them on last-second field goals or touchdowns. They're getting physically beat down in this game. But I agree. I think that's a huge game nationally. I think that Florida, they may not be a, a, a top contender in the ACC, but if Florida State's maybe in that you know five, six range, or maybe they're even a number four and trying to get up to number three or number two, they're going to want to perform in that game because – that game is going to be where a lot of national post pollsters look at and go, is this really an impressive team? Because in the ACC Coastal, I don't think, it, 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 unless they blow whoever the champion is in the ACC title game, if they win, I don't think it's going to be a convincing and inch them into the playoffs over another conference champion. So that Florida game is going to be important, I think, um, in just in terms of national stuff. Mm-hmm. My... Um, my upset game for them is a game that's plagued them for literally years, and that's on the road at NC State. Weird stuff happens to Florida State when they go to Raleigh. I can't explain it. It happens with that, my – Was that two years ago when they had that game where they almost got upset and they came back? Yeah, it was two years ago when uh, – actually, I believe it was when Florida State lost in the semifinals to Oregon. I believe that was the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. NC State – NC State has caused Florida State problems for the better part of 20 years, really. If you look back and you look at how how that game has gone back and forth, and it always seems to be in Raleigh where they have these just these meltdowns that you just can't experience. And sometimes it's just I don't I, I can't explain it. And that's the one game that I'm looking at because they could be coming off of a win at Clemson very high or a loss at Clemson very low and be very, very vulnerable to an NC State team at home that's going to have that place packed out and ready to go. Uh, that's going to be one game, and that's on November 5th. Um, not sure when that – it doesn't say when that is, but that's going to be one game to really look for uh, if you if Florida State's to stumble maybe to a team that, that you wouldn't think is going to beat them. It would be that NC State game. Okay. All right, now – just touch on the coastal. Obviously, not going to go as in depth because the coastal is pretty weird. Yeah, so, the coastal is such a crapshoot this year. Yeah. So, Georgia. So, there's three teams that I would focus on. Georgia Tech is always going to be up there just because they give so many different teams problems mm-hmm. and they're just consistent. The last two years have really been, I've really enjoyed watching them. And yeah, they got- John's clicking there now. Yeah, the the kid they got playing quarterback, I forget his name. I know he was like the Alabama track champion or something. Yeah, I can't remember his name either, but he – Georgia Tech last year, you know, Paul Johnson's kind of got them going together. Last year was a tough year for Georgia Tech. Uh, but this is – Georgia Tech's going to be a pretty good team this year to watch. Um, really, their out-of-conference schedule is not very impressive outside of a game on the road at Georgia. And it is – beat Georgia on the road that's going to be a huge win for them uh, they've really struggled with Georgia lately so uh, but you know last year I, I believe they only won three games last year yeah, so I thought they were going to be something I thought I thought they were going to win the coastal last year 
Well, they, put, they set, like, a record in their first few games, and then they played Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Notre Dame hammered them, and they never really recovered. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it must. I think it was just one of those games where Notre Dame just absolutely crushed them, and you got that, and it just was a psyche all season. Yeah. But I think they're going to be much better than three wins this year. I think they'll contend for the Coastal. Yeah. And I will definitely be watching there. The first game of the year uh, at or it's against Boston College in Ireland at the uh, Aviva Stadium where uh, Notre oh, Dame wow. played. Yeah, where Notre Dame played Navy a few years back. The uh, first game of the year when they went to the National Championship against Alabama. So that yeah, be- that's going to be a cool – that's going to be cool to watch that. I'll get up and watch that one early. So then there's UNC, which, like I said earlier about the quarterback play, I think they'll – even though they lost their starter, I think they'll improve at quarterback because I think they had the wrong guy starting the entire time. I agree. I think UNC uh, – I look at UNC. They're my personal favorite to win the Coastal. They've got a great offensive line, Elijah Hood, obviously, and I'm not being biased because I went to high school with him. The dude can just flat out run the football. Um, it looks like hopefully this season Larry Fedora figures out when to properly use him at the beginning of the year and not two, three, four games in and cost his team really a shot at, at playing in, in, in a national championship because – if you think about it, they had one loss, I believe, going into that South Carol, going into the ACC title game, and that one loss was to South Carolina at the beginning of the year, where he missed, where he miss, um, used Hood so much. Yep. Uh, so that's that's going to be key, and they open up at at home against Georgia. Yeah. Um, well, it's not it's not at home. It's in the Georgia because it's a Chick Fil A okay. kickoff game. Okay. Well, it's in it's then it's a road game. Uh, basically, yep. they'll be. 60,000 dogs fans or whatever in there. But, you know, I think that that's going to be a big game for them. If they can win that game, looking at their schedule, they're on the road at FSU. I already talked about that. On the road at Miami, we'll see what Mark Rich does. That They're a huge question mark right now. They could win the Coastal. They could finish in the middle of the pack. You, we just don't know with Miami. Uh, on the road at Duke, I think actually that, that game's become really competitive lately. David Cutcliffe's done a great job. I think that Duke is the one team I look on that schedule – that, that they could possibly run into a stumbling block, either Duke or Virginia Tech, because Virginia Tech um, is the week after an FSU after the FSU game, and if they beat FSU on the road, it's going to be, you know, that would be the one game to watch. Duke's going to be competitive. NC State, Carolina, that's always been a, a relatively – the last few years, whoever wins, it's been a blowout. So uh, I, I don't know how to pick that, but I think, I, I think Carolina's going to win the Coastal this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a few things just looking at this schedule that I would note. Uh, the Georgia game will be interesting. I want to see Hood running against Georgia with Kirby Smart as their D coordinator because Georgia's big thing is they have the most freak athletes, but they just can't put it together. And I think having Kirby Smart there as your head coach will definitely help just everything. The entire team will benefit from that. But – the one thing I'm really looking at is the Duke game, Carolina at Duke, is a quick turnaround from playing Georgia Tech, which is a super physical game. So they yeah, play- that's only a, oh, I just noticed that's a five-day turnaround too. Yeah, so they play Georgia Tech uh, on Saturday and then turn right back around and play Duke on Thursday. 
So yeah, that that's a tough assignment. And yeah, that'll be interesting. And then they kind of got a week off against Citadel, and then the NC State game was game of the season, which I think will be interesting. Citadel is going to be good this year. Just saying. I'm not saying they're going to be Carolina, but the Citadel is going to be good this year. Well, I know Citadel lost their coach. He's at JMU now. I don't know how that will affect them. But, yeah, that's the main thing I know about the Citadel. So I don't know if they'll still be running that option stuff without him there. But, yeah, I, I, they, they were pretty good last year, so we'll see. Yeah. And, yeah, and then there's obviously the Florida State game. And I – I really don't see them winning the Georgia game or the Florida State game. I think both of them will be close games. I don't think they have what it takes to beat Georgia and Florida State, basically both on the road. Yeah, if they can beat one of those teams, that'll go such a long way um, for Larry Fedora and and, and the respect that they want to get in the ACC, not just in the ACC, but nationally. It'll go such a long way. And, um, you know, looking at their schedule – um, they have an opportunity, I think, to possibly just clean sweep the Coastal outside of possibly Duke. But there's a lot of variables involved, obviously, how Georgia Tech is, what what Miami looks like. Is is Virginia going to be any better? Virginia Tech, how do they do? So there's a lot of variables, but I uh, that's my pick. And I know you said you had one other team that you were looking at at the co- in the Coastal. Yeah. Possibly being one that could win. Georgia Tech, Carolina, and Miami. Like you said, with Mark Rick there – it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. With Miami, you know, they were having a lot of concerns. They're going to open up their first two games at home. They had a lot of concerns about their stadium not being ready. It's been renovated and because they're trying to get Super Bowls and, and all that jazz, and I guess they're trying to get also a, a college football championship game there. With Miami, um, I see them, honestly, their first really, really tough game, and I'm not going to disrespect App State. They sold out their game in an hour. Congratulations. I now cannot get tickets to that game. It's fine. I'll watch it from my couch. But it was on the road at Georgia Tech, and here's why. Because Georgia Tech and Miami, that's been a great game for a number of years. Georgia Tech gives Miami fits all the time. Uh, But that starts really a murderer's row for six weeks for Miami. They're on the road at Georgia Tech after a game at App State. I think they'll blow out App State. Um, If they lose to App State, I think that'll tell us the kind of season they have. Uh, but they're on the road at Georgia Tech. They have two home games, one against FSU, which has been close the last two years. I wonder, you know, they've lost, I think, for six straight years now to the Seminoles. When is that, that trend going to buck? Mark Richt has never lost to Florida State as head coach. So that's in their They're at home against UNC, which is going to be very tough. Then they go on the road to Virginia Tech. And the very next week, they are on the road at Notre Dame. And then they're at home against Pitt. So that's a murderer's row schedule. If Miami can get through that six-week schedule with a winning record, a four and two record, or a you know a five and one record somehow, they're going to be in really good shape, and they'll probably win the coastal at that point. Right. My trip up game is at Virginia Tech because they're going to have they're going to play UNC on a Saturday, and that Virginia Tech game is at Lane Stadium uh, on a Thursday night. Yeah, I just saw that. And that is one of the t- – I've been there before. It's one of the most insane places for a night game. It's terrifying for a night game how loud that place can get. Um, that's my trip-up game, even though Virginia Tech has – and Miami have kind of seesawed back and forth in terms of who wins that game. 
Um, I think that's their trip-up game. They've struggled with Virginia on the road, and they've got Virginia on the road. They struggle in Raleigh. Weird, thing, weird things happen in Miami when they're in the triangle. Um, when they're at Chapel Hill, weird things happen. They're at Duke, weird things happen. Um, I think, though, that game against Virginia Tech is going to be the big game because if they can win that game, depend. I don't know what they're going to do with Carolina if they win or lose. But if they can win the Virginia Tech game on the road, that'll give them a lot of confidence. And they have nine days, a nine-day layoff to, um, to to get ready for a Notre Dame team on the road who should be pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure what Notre Dame has this year or, or, or how they're looking in terms of rankings. But with Miami, when you're going into a, an environment like that, that's always going to be a tough, tough gig for Miami. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like you're going to have 20,000 hurricanes fans in the stadium, you know, right. they barely draw that in their own stadium. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. So that's pretty much the ACC. I think pretty much the coverage champion is the Atlantic champion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think since Clemson's my favorite, I, I'll take Clemson over UNC again in the conference championship. Not going to do a score. I just think Clemson's, uh, top five team in the nation this year, and with a Heisman Trophy favorite, I think it'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's see. So, now I'm going to hit the Big Ten. So, All right. Again, going division by division. So, this is obviously the most one sided conference in the country. This is why. By far. This is why Iowa was able to do what they did because look who they're playing versus what the teams on the other side are playing against. Yeah, this is uh, – the the Big Ten, I, I really think they need to put Michigan or Ohio – I think they need to take Michigan and put them in the West Division and take somebody like uh, – I don't, I don't I really don't know who you would put in the West Division. I would just move Michigan to the West Division and add another team, I guess. I'm not sure. But they uh, just I'll take someone like Purdue and switch them with Michigan. Yeah, that's what I would do. Michigan State, Ohio State, and then you'd have Wisconsin and Michigan on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I look at the Big Ten East, and I guess that's what we'll talk about first. It's going to come down to Michigan and Ohio State, I think. Now, Michigan State's a fantastic program. Mark D'Antonio's done a fantastic job there. But Michigan and Ohio State is going to be the, the, the game that determines who's going to win the Big Ten, Ten East. I mean, it's just, to me, it is that simple. Um, Michigan State obviously did make the college football playoff last year. They're not going to be written off. But I think Michigan, in year two under Harbaugh, is, going to real, is really starting to get what he wants. He's had, he has more there than he had when he was at Stanford, and we all saw what he did there. Um, I think Michigan's going to be really, really good this year. Whether they beat Ohio State or not, I don't know. And I think that game is actually in Ann Arbor this mm-hmm. year, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Okay, no, it's in Columbus. So, um, you know, I, at the end of the day, and I'll let you talk about but I'm going to pick Ohio State to win the Big Ten East. Um, you know, Urban Meyer's done a fantastic job there. I think they've got more wins in the last three or four seasons or whatever than anyone else in the nation. Um, and that includes Alabama. So they've done a fine job. I think it'll go Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then Penn State's going to finish fourth. That's my think. That's my thought on the Big Ten East. So I, I'm pretty similar. So with Michigan State, I really like Michigan State. I do too. I just I just don't think that they can beat both Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, and 
the last two years they've lost like a full NFL team. So yeah, they have the year before last they lost so much on defense. Uh, Darquise Denard, uh, Max Bola, the linebacker. Uh, last year they still had Shelly Calhoun, but now he's gone too. And this past year, they lost the offense. They lost Connor Cook. They lost the receiver. They still got LJ Scott, the freshman running back. But, he's going to be good. Yeah, he's going to be really good, but he's he's. I don't see him taking the entire offense on his shoulders with oh, that yeah. schedule. So, yeah, uh, I, will, I will say for Michigan State, the one thing they have going for him is they do have both Michigan and Ohio State at home. Mm-hmm. So that is something that is going that is going to be big for them going into this season. If they if they're going to win the Big Ten East, they get those two very very important games at home, which is obviously gives them an advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like you said, I think it comes down to Michigan and Ohio State. And my theory on Michigan is as much as I like Harbaugh and what he's done there. The uh, I think they're like a year or two away from being like national title contenders, and I think as I think depth is really going to be their problem. So they have a lot of really good players, but they don't have as many as say an Ohio State does. He brought he got a sick recruiting class last year and putting together another one this year. So I think those guys are sophomores or juniors. That'll be their time. I think Ohio State's ready to win right now. I think that's really the difference. I agree. I think last year with Ohio State not being in the college football playoff, that was, uh, you know, and I understand, um, you know, they were still very, very good last year. But I think with Urban Meyer, this is the year that if they want to win a national title and or, or at least win the Big Ten East outright, this has to be the year because – I look at their schedule, and they're going to get tested. They're on the road at Oklahoma in the third week of the year, and that's going to tell us a lot about Ohio State because of whether Oklahoma's any good or not, they will be. They'll be pretty good. But that is going to be a hostile environment that they're going to get exposed to early on. Uh, they do have to go to Michigan State. They do have to go to Penn State, which is a primetime game on ABC. I think that's going to be uh, – I think that's their trip-up game is on the road at Penn State. I picked Penn State to finish fourth. Um, but if Ohio State were to trip up somewhere along the way in Big Ten play, I think actually on the road at Penn State would be the place that that happens because it's going to be prime time, ABC, and it's going to be I, – I just – I don't know. I just feel good about that one game for Penn State. I think they're going to be relatively – I think they'll be good. I think they'll win seven, eight games. But that one game, I think they can rise to the occasion in Happy Valley. Um, if that's the if Ohio State slips up in Big Ten play, I think that's the one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No disrespect to Michigan and Michigan State, great teams, but I think they're Michigan's a year away. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that pretty much sums up the East, the West. <laughs> I guess I'm just go save and just say Wisconsin. I, last year they weren't that great. Iowa had their weird year. But I think Wisconsin is just a safe bet to just get back on track and just win that. Yeah, I'm going to pick Purdue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no. I think Wisconsin is going to be a safe pick too. 
I don't know what Iowa has coming back. That's the only problem is that if Iowa was not a senior heavy team last year, they will be back in the Big Ten championship game. But I don't know what they have coming back. Wisconsin's been there, done that before. They actually, I believe, get Ohio State at home. And that's another place where Ohio State over the years has struggled uh, over in Camp Randall. Looking at it, a lot of people want to say, I've heard a lot of talk about Northwestern. I don't know if you have. I'm not sure about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, they've always had very high expectations and have never quite gotten there. So I, I don't, I don't see Northwestern much. Nebraska is not Nebraska of old. So I'll go with Wisconsin. I think the big 10 West is pretty simple. Wisconsin and Iowa one and two, and then you can just shuffle them up for the rest of it. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. So I'll just move on from the big 10. Uh, so I guess we're just going to say go in alphabetical order and go Big 12. Yeah. So let me pull them up real quick. The Big 12, this is one conference that really got thrown on its head with the Baylor stuff. Yeah. Uh, I thought Baylor I thought Baylor was going to be pretty darn good this year. Obviously, a lot has changed. Their, their recruiting class, has, uh, incoming recruiting class has fallen apart. Uh, the 2016 one, the 2017 one fell apart. They're in deep trouble. Jim Grove, I I respect him a lot for taking that job. A lot of guys did not want that job. I respect him a lot, but I just think Baylor's going to really struggle this year. My pick for the Big 12, and this may, and and I debated it. I I really didn't understand, really didn't know what what to say because, you know, they they missed the playoff again, um, and they have nobody to blame. Oh, wait, no, they did not miss the playoff. Oklahoma. God, I'm an idiot. Um, but they, they need a conference championship game, and they need to expand. I'm going to go with Oklahoma because Bob Stoops has been there, done that. I look at the conference. Texas doesn't really impress me much at all. Charlie Strong is a great coach. He has not delivered the goods in Austin as of yet. He beat Oklahoma, which was a huge deal for his job. Um, but he just has not delivered the goods. TCU will be right there with Oklahoma. I think that'll actually be the Big 12 championship game, TCU and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State's going to be really good. Mason Rudolph is a stud. If they can get a really solid ground game at Oklahoma State, I think that they will challenge for the Big 12 title. As for Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, they'll all be in the mix somewhat. But I think it's going to be Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma State, and then probably – actually, I'm going to pick Texas to finish fourth. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, I guess I'll go with them too. I know they lost some guys, Sterling Shepard. Uh, obviously, he probably accounted for a lot of their offense ever, ever seen. Yeah, he did. He was, he was quite a player, and that's going to be tough for them. And just – Right quick, and, I'll, and I'm sorry, but I just want to say this. With Big 12 expansion, the one team to look for is not ECU. It's not BYU. It's Houston. Houston makes sense for the Big 12. Houston makes so much sense for the Big 12. It's in Texas. Yeah. They, can, they have established rivalries with the old Southwest 8 schools, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M. Well, Texas A&M is in the SEC, but those schools, TCU was in there. Arkansas was in there. It was a really good conference back in the 70s and 80s. That's the only one that makes sense. That's who Oklahoma actually opens up with at the beginning of the year at home. That's going to be a really interesting game to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they would just add some teams and then stop stop with this not playing a 
conference championship game stuff. Yeah, I think the conference. I think a lack of a conference championship game really hurt them in the first year of the playoff, and almost got them in the second year of the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, you know, yes, they were fourth at, and and yes, you know, they they deserve to be there. But a conference championship game will do so much for the Big Twelve. It'll do so much for their playoff hopes and everything else. But I think Houston is the one team that they need to really look at, not ECU, not you know BYU. Those are good programs, but they don't match what the Big Twelve is. Houston, be Houston. What do you say? Houston obviously makes the most sense from like a geographical sense. Houston makes the most sense, but that's probably why they won't end up in the Big Twelve, and ECU will because when conference expansion happens, nothing makes sense. Right. Yeah, I uh, so there's that play the get some teams play a conference championship game, or let's stick in that last extra week where someone plays uh, where most conferences play their championship game. Let's just do conference have the Big Twelve leader play Notre Dame. That yeah, that would be interesting. But the problem is, is like. If Notre Dame is not in the national picture, if they're ranked or if they're an eight-win team, I don't know how much that does for the Big 12 leader. You know, if they're a 10-win or an 11-win team staring a playoff berth in the eye, that's a different story. So I see where you're going with that, and that does make sense. But I look at the Big 12, and I just say to say, that would be good for this year, but the safe way to do it is to expand and get a conference championship game and just let the two, you know, like it used to be. Right. Yeah, the only thing is I obviously want the conference championship game first, but they seem pretty intent on not having one for whatever reason. And I really don't know what they're they – could have one right, They could have one right now. They, yeah. they don't need 12 teams. They could have one right now. But I, I, maybe it's a money thing. I, I'm not sure what it is, but they need one if they want to be competitive and, you know, have a really good shot at making the playoffs every year. For sure. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement there in Oklahoma. The rest is kind of – I feel like there's a few teams like Oklahoma State, TCU, maybe Texas. I don't know. I've never get on board the Texas train. I, I cannot get on board the Texas train. I think they'll finish fourth, so that means seven, eight wins. Yeah. Um, they could finish anywhere from fourth to seventh, really. I mean, that's the gambit. I mean, I, I Charlie Strong's a good coach. He just hasn't gotten it going there. Maybe this is the year he gets it going, but you know, it's it's been a disappointing tenure for Charlie Strong in Austin so far. And I think that this is the year that he's gotta win. He's gotta win at least eight, nine games. Beating Oklahoma's fine. He can beat Oklahoma, he doesn't have to beat Oklahoma, but they need wins now, or else he's gonna be in trouble. hmm Definitely. Yeah, so what I was gonna say was just Oklahoma State, TCU. Teams like that, you can just kind of put them in a hat. Kansas State, maybe Baylor, but Baylor's got a lot more going on than that. Baylor's got a lot bigger issues than winning yeah. the Big Twelve. <laughs> so you got you can kind of put those teams in a hat and just pick one out for how the rest finishes. But I do think Oklahoma wins. As far as national implications, I think they're two. Obviously, they're two big non-conference games at the beginning of the year. We'll really decide that being Houston Week One. And Ohio State. For me, if a Big 12 team, whether it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, whoever, is going to be in the playoff, they've got to be undefeated. 
I'm not sure a one-loss Big 12 team will get in the playoffs this year because they were not very they were not very far from being out of the playoff last year. They were the fourth-ranked team. Now they've got a big game at home against Ohio State. If they win that game and if they win the Houston game, they're going to be on a roll. Um, TCU. When I look at TCU, I, I think that that's going to be one team that actually is going to surprise a lot of people. A lot of people don't understand the momentum they have coming out of the bowl game that they had with Oregon where they came back from that huge deficit to win uh, in the Alamo Bowl. I think that that could it springboards them into a big offseason. They've got a game at home against Arkansas. They've mm-hmm. got games on the road at West Virginia and at Texas. And if they, can, if they win out, I think they'll be in the playoff or at least have a very good shot. But the Big 12 winner, I think, has to be undefeated or lose very early to a very tough to it, or lose very early a close game if they want to get in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, I guess we can just move on to the Big Twelve. I mean, to the Pac Twelve. Yeah. And this, I think there's some toss ups here. There are some real toss ups here, especially in the North. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stanford, so- I think. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say, start with the North. Yeah, with the North, I mean, the North is really, really interesting. Uh, Stanford is right now my pick out mm-hmm. of the North. They've got a tough schedule though. They're going to open up at home with K State, which is not easy. Kansas State is, you know, when you're when you're going up against a Bill Snyder coach team, Kansas State is one of the tougher teams to play in the country. They do have to go to Washington. They have to go to Notre Dame, which is not easy. They have to go to Oregon, and they have to go to Cal. So they've got a lot of tough road games. They have to go, to, they have to go on the road to Arizona, which is not an easy game either. Uh, Rich Rodriguez has really done a fantastic job turning that program around. I think, though, when you have Christian McCaffrey, who's a Heisman Trophy winner, when you have a coach like David Shaw, who's one of the most fundamentally sound coaches in the country, I th- Stanford's my personal pick to represent the Pac-12 North in that title game. Now, I I think Oregon's going to be good. It's just I don't know what to expect from them. You know, with Chip Kelly, you kind of knew what to expect from them. I'm, I have no idea what to expect from Oregon this year. I'm picking them second, but I'm picking Washington as my dark horse to end up second in that conference, to end up tied for second or flat out second in that conference because I think Washington's going to sleep on a lot of people. Um, this is a team that's going to – Go through their first few games, not much fanfare. Then they get Stanford and Oregon in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. And if they can beat both – or if they can beat one of those teams, it will be huge for them. And Chris Peterson's a great coach. We all know what he did at Boise State. The dude can flat-out coach. I think Washington's going to be the sleeper in the Pac-12 North. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. I know you think similarly with Washington being improved this year. Yeah. Um. The thing I was going to say was Cal. I think Cal takes a big step back, losing, obviously, uh, Goff, the quarterback. So Yeah, that's going to be tough for them. I think Washington replaces them in that th- fourth spot, and then it really comes down to Washington and Washington State to the yeah, third spot sure. behind Stanford, Oregon, and maybe that game at the last week of the season decides that. But I think that's just pretty much a toss-up. 
Yeah, Mike Leach has done a great job with Washington State. They were one of the worst teams in the nation when he took over. He's done a great job. They won the uh, Sun Bowl last year so they, against Miami, and they've done. he's done a really good job. It wouldn't shock me either to see Washington State finish third in that conference or better mm. uh, in that conference because Mike Leach has done a great job there. And uh, that is going to be a big game, though, the Washington-Washington State game. But Stanford's my pick in the north. Right. Yeah, so the thing I like about Stanford – is that their tough games are spaced out? So they got U.S. So they got the first week game of the season is Kansas State. Then they got a bye. Then they got USC. Their next tough game is Notre Dame, and that's not till let's see, three weeks, four weeks really later, October fifteenth, and then four weeks, or yeah, four weeks later again they play Oregon. So they got tough games, but they're spaced out. There's no, like, murderer's row on their schedule where they got, like, back-to-back-to-back tough game. Yeah, that is one area that they, that is good for Stanford is that they can space out those tough games and, and kind of just, you know, they're not going from Oregon to Washington to Washington State in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. So that really does help them. Yeah. Um, but the Pac-12 South, this is one – I just don't know. I mean, USC is going to be, for me, is going to be a popular pick. Arizona is going to be there, too. Um, Jim Moore has done a great job at UCLA, but after seeing them lose to a 5-win team in a bowl game, I'm not sure about them either. Um, I, I'm going to pick USC. I have no idea who, how this Patrol South is going to finish. Um, but USC, Steve Sarkeesian, he's done a good job there. They haven't been the USC that they used to they open up at against alabama and i believe that is that in the chick-fil-a kickoff classic as well or is that in the uh coliseum uh let me pull that up because that is a huge game it's texas it's a cowboy okay. so usc's got a large enough fan base to where that's not going to be a home alabama game but it won't be a usc home game either uh, they'll probably be 50 50 split yeah. When I look at that game, if USC can hang with Alabama and you know give them a game and really fight with them, I think that's going to go a long way, and I think that'll tell us a lot about how good they're going to be. Uh, two weeks later, they're on the road at Stanford. That's going to tell us a lot. That's a primetime ABC game. Mm-hmm. One of their, their upset game for me is on the road at Arizona. Arizona's given them problems before. I think Arizona's going to give them problems again. I think they actually beat Oregon this year at home. They get them in the Coliseum. I think they beat them. The Notre Dame game, the UCLA game at the end of the year is, quote-unquote, on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, that game's going to be really close. The USC-Notre Dame game's going to be a good one. Yep. If they can close out and win those final two games and have momentum going into the Pac-12 title game, I would really like them to possibly be a – a representative in the in the playoff but for me i look at it as uh or they've got to win out they almost they almost also like the big 12 they have to go undefeated to end up in the in the college football playoff i think the one game they can lose is alabama week one yeah the arizona game i was talking about was conference like a conference trip up okay yeah, for sure. Um, so the for the rest of the South, Utah. I don't. I think it would be Utah, UCLA. 
it'll, I think it'll kind of finish like it did last year. USC, Utah, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the Pac-12 South is just going to – it's going to evolve. Arizona State, you never know with them, with Paul Graham and what he's done. Arizona's going to be good. Colorado is really the one team I think we can all agree is probably going to be in last place in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is what it is. Colorado is just not the program they once were. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. But, like, I think we're on the same page with USC, Utah, UCLA be in the top three. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So, who would you pick? So, hypothetically, like USC, Stanford in the conference championship game, would you pick USC? I would pick Stanford, actually, and here's why. It's because of Christian McCaffrey. I don't believe USC's got the defense to stop him. Uh, now, they're not a slow defense like Iowa was in the Rose Bowl, so they're not. He's not going to gash him for seventy-yard runs right and left. Right. But I think he's going to be the difference maker. He, Catch out of the backfield. He can return kicks on special teams. He can uh, he can obviously run the ball. The dude can do it all. I think Stanford is also better coached than USC, so I'm going to take Stanford in a in a closer game over USC in the Pac-12 title game in Palo Alto. All right. So last but not least, obviously not least, SEC. So start with the East, which I think will be improved. Last year was obviously terrible. Yeah, last year was unbelievably bad. And somehow, you know, somehow they sent Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, bowling. Um, Kentucky came close to bowling. I think Mizzou went to a bowl as well. But I think this is Tennessee's year to win the SEC East. Not to win a national title and not to win the SEC championship. But to win the SEC East, at least. And here's why. You know, I know a lot of people are very, very high on Tennessee. They're ranking them number one or number five or number two or whatever in the preseason polls. The only poll I care about is the AP poll, which comes out. uh, I'm not sure when that comes out. It comes out relatively soon, though. Mm -hmm. But with Tennessee and Butch Jones, he's done an amazing job there. He's He's taken that program from the depths. Compared, compared to the most programs, it was pretty good. But for Tennessee, the depths of losing and brought them up, and I'm really, really impressed, impressed with what he's done there. I look at Tennessee's schedule, and the first game that sticks out to me is on the road at George is, – is actually at home against Florida. I skipped over that game. At home against Florida. They should have beat Florida last year. They could have beat Florida last year. And had they beaten Florida last year, they would have probably been in the SEC title game. I think they finally beat Florida this year uh, for the first time, I think, since 04. It's been a long time since they've beaten Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they they beat Florida. I do not think they beat Alabama. They may. If they beat Florida and Alabama, I will drink the Tennessee Mm Kool-Aid that everyone's drinking right now. But I need to see them beat those two teams. They've got tough games on the road to Georgia, on the road to Texas A&M. And on the road at South Carolina, right in the middle of the year. Those are three out of four weeks. And sandwiched in between those road games is the home game with Alabama. Before the UGA game is the home game with Florida. Uh, they do get a bye in between the Alabama and the South Carolina game, which does the, which is good for them. But I see this team, I see them being really good. I see them winning the SEC East. I see Florida finishing second in the SEC East. Um, I think Florida is going to be good. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. And I think part of that is Tennessee just being better and actually getting that win over them. Um, you know, when I look at the rest of the SEC East, it's, 
Uh, You know, Georgia finishing third, Mizzou fourth, South Carolina five, Kentucky six, Vanderbilt seven. I mean, uh, I think Kentucky could make a bowl game this year, though. They got they've been close the last couple of years. I think that they're trying to get something there. They could make a bowl game this year. Vanderbilt's going to finish in last place, but uh, Tennessee's my pick. It's a close pick with Florida. I think they beat Florida in a pretty close game to win the SEC East, uh, mm-hmm. but they're my pick. Yep. Yeah, I think with Tennessee, it's just about getting over the hump. Like, I think they're going to be good. Obviously, everyone in the media thinks they're going to be good. But everyone in the media thinks they're going to win the national title, which <laughs> I understand that they are very loaded and they are very good. But I, like I said, I just have to see them beat those teams. Right. Yeah, I'm going to see the Georgia away game, and I. Even if they lose the Alabama game, that's fine. But I want to see them beat Florida at home and Georgia away. Yes, they need to be Florida at home. The Georgia game, I believe, is right after the Florida game, right? Right back to back. That is the game. That's the trap game for them is is that Florida game. It's not Kentucky. I thought about Kentucky being the trap game. It's not. It's Florida. It's Georgia because it's on the road. And they could be, if they beat Florida, they will be on an emotional high like they haven't been on since probably they won a national title because it's just been so long. Um, so that's my trap game for them. But I I, I like, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Georgia, it's just another, just to throw out another team from the East. Georgia with Kirby Smart, like I said earlier, talking about him, I think will be improved. But I think it'll be kind of, maybe a little bit of a transition season for him to kind of put his foot down and establish what he wants for the program. Because with Mark Rick there, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, (laughs) how many, how many suspensions did it have every single year? It seems like too many to count. Right. And this year, quite a few this year too. Yeah. I haven't seen as many like high profile ones as there typically are. But I think it'll take him maybe a year to kind of transition and lay down his – the kind of discipline that he's used to having in a program, being in Alabama for so long. Yeah, and, and he'll do a good job there. He's an alumni there. so Yeah, exactly. Him being a Georgia guy will also benefit him because the guys will really buy in to whatever he says, being a Georgia guy, being so good there. And then yep. having national championship rings on his fingers from being a coach. Yeah, the SEC West. Uh, this is tough. Um, I was looking between LSU and Alabama. I'm going to pick LSU to win the SEC West, and here's why. Uh, Leonard Fournette is, I think, almost. You know, we've talked about Deshaun Watson. We've talked about Christian McCaffrey. Leonard Fournette is still one. Is still, in my opinion, the best the best running back in the country. Now, Christian McCaffrey is the best complete player. He, Christian McCaffrey can do it all. But if you're talking just strict running back, running the football, I'll take Leonard Fournette by a hair over Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, they open up at Lambeau Field against Wisconsin. I really think – I don't see that as a huge challenge. I see it as a challenge because they've played at Alabama, because they've played at places like Auburn and places like that. They've been there. They've been in those kinds of atmospheres. It won't phase them as much. I think they win that game. The key game for the the key games for them are on the road to Florida and at home against Alabama, and then the final week of the year on the road to Texas A and M. I think LSU can. I really see a trip up game in Alabama or on the road to Florida. The only reason to be on the road to Florida is because Florida at home's very good. 
And Florida, I think this year they're going to be, like I said, they're not going to be as good as they were last year. They're still going to be pretty good. I think that'll be a closer game than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to look at their SEC schedule and say one game that they're going to lose, it would be Alabama. I think they win every other game. I think, you know, Les Miles being there, uh, he's got to win 10 games, though. He cannot go 9-3 and three and lose to Bama, or else you're going to have a situation like you had with Mark Richt at Georgia last year. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a knock on him. It's just they haven't been in a, in the playoff in the two years. They've underperformed the last several years in terms of expectations. So the, the, the expectations are high once again with good reason. But I, I just see them winning the SEC West. I see them beating Auburn. Um, like I said, if they are not to win the SEC West, my pick would be Alabama. It's going to come down to that game in Baton, in Baton Rouge on November 5th. I think Clemson and Florida State play on November 5th, too. That's going to be one heck of a Saturday. Um, or you know, So that's how I see it. Looking at the rest of the SEC West really is a – I just look at Texas A&M, and it's going to have to do – they're going to have to figure out something with their quarterback situation. I have no idea what to expect out of Auburn or Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State's going to be an interesting case. So is Ole Miss. I can see all seven of these teams making a bowl game, mm-hmm. in, in, but one of them is going to finish in last place and probably not make a bowl game. Right. Um, which I, think is pretty, I think it's going to be Texas A&M too because yeah. I just think Kevin Sumlin's got – you have all these quarterbacks transferring out. And, by the way, I forgot to mention, Trayon Harris transferred out of Florida. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's another quarterback he that was, since lost. He was terrible. He wasn't. He just didn't fit their system. I think I have no idea where he's going to transfer to. Probably nowhere in the SEC. Uh, maybe he'll come to Charlotte. Who knows? We we like to take transfers. So Trayon Harris, come on over. We'll take you. But um, you know, I just look at Texas A&M and I look at how their quarterback situation is. If they get that figured out, they may not finish in last place. But I think I could see every single one of these teams at least winning five or six games, which is pretty impressive for any division in college football. For sure. Yeah, I think SEC West probably maybe them between that and the uh, Big Ten division with Michigan the State. The Big Ten East? Yeah. Yeah. Those two are the best conference or conference divisions in the country. And I do think I am with you. I think Alabama takes a step back this year. Not a far step back, but just yeah. like a – a small step back, which for Alabama fans will be like the world ending, like it's the end times. But they're going to take a small step back. Yeah. So I think Alabama LSU determines who goes to Atlanta. And the other team I think takes a step back is Ole Miss. They lost. Yeah, I can see that. They lost a lot. They lost Treadwell. They lost uh, Nindichi. They lost Tunsil. So I they're still getting – Big recruiting classes, but I think this would be kind of a transition year. They've been consistent. They couldn't get over the hump. They beat Bama, but they can never put it together and keep it maintained the entire season. And I think this year they take a step back and maybe win like seven, maybe seven or eight games rather than nine or ten. Which is not bad. I mean, all eight, nine games in the SEC West, I mean, that's pretty darn good. I think a lot of countries. A lot of schools around the country would take seven or eight wins in the SEC West. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the underlying and the, and, and the thing that's going to – a lot of people aren't looking at that I think maybe they should look at with Ole Miss is, the, uh, is this NCAA cloud that's been over their head. A lot of people – there's been a lot of 
stuff swirling around. Paul Feinbaum's really been talking a lot about it uh, with possibly the NCAA disciplining uh, Hugh Freeze. I have no idea what they would discipline him for. I'm not really well-versed. I know Paul Feinbaum, though, has been hammering that for several weeks now since SEC media days. Their game, their big game is going to be on the road at LSU and early in the season against Bama. Those are going to be the two games. I really don't expect them to win either game. I think they can win every other game. The Egg Bowl at the end of the year against Mississippi State will be a close game, as it always is. But I just don't see them beating Alabama or LSU on the road. I think they can beat Arkansas on the road, but I just cannot see them beating uh, LSU on the or LSU or Alabama. Mm-hmm. Even though they get Alabama at home, I still can't see it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I think, like we both said, LSU Alabama kind of decides the West. And I would pick both, and we kind of decided that Tennessee was going to be our Eastern champ. But I think either LSU or Alabama beats them by two touchdowns. In the- I think so. I think LSU and Alabama are just so much more physical than Tennessee is. Yeah. It's almost interesting. You look at the SEC West and how much more physical they are than the SEC East. Right. They're in the same conference, but they're so completely different. They're, they're so they're built so differently. I think LSU beats Tennessee by 14 points in the SEC title game. I think LSU ends up in the playoff along with Clemson, along with uh, Oklahoma. I am going to say Oklahoma because I'm going to say they're going to go undefeated. And Ohio State. Right. I'm, say, I'm not going to say in any particular order, but that is my playoff. Ohio State gets in as a one-loss team because they lose early in the season, but they beat Michigan, they beat Michigan State, they beat probably the Big Ten West champion will probably be ranked in the top 15 or top 10. So they'll have good wins. I think that that's going to be your playoff. LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Clemson in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've done, we've done the Power Five. The last thing I want to do is just go back real quick and just look at Notre Dame's because they're kind of that not Power Five technically, but they're they – could They could mess up a lot of stuff. Yeah. So With Notre Dame – you're, you're the expert on Notre Dame, so you start talking. All right, cool. So week one at Texas, like I said earlier when we were talking about the Big 12, not on the Texas train just yet. Notre Dame really pretty much just flattened them last year, 35 zip, I believe it was. It was 35. I think they got a field goal in there. I think it was 35 to 3. I think yeah. they got a field goal. Yeah, but it wasn't even really a game. Uh, you had the running back, our running back, Terry and Folson go down, and we just threw CJ Prosize back there, and we still just ran all over him. So I think it'll be a little bit more competitive, plus it's at their place. It's prime time. It's Sunday night. It's week one on ABC. But I still think Notre Dame wins by 14, 17, 21, something like that. Yeah, I think what happens is it's a closer game, but Notre Dame pulls away late. In yeah. the fourth quarter, Notre Dame kind of – I think Notre Dame's going to be more physical than Texas in that game, so I can see Notre Dame pulling away late in that game because they're just out – because they're just better than them physically. Right. Um, the, the set, so, so we take a week off. Not really, but it's Nevada at home. Um, we take a week off. <laughs> essentially. Then Michigan State comes, and we're playing them at home. So I would favor Notre Dame – in this game based on the fact that one, you don't have a tough game the week prior and it's at home prime time. It's a seven thirty PM kickoff. 
at home, and they've kind of had Michigan State's number. The year that Michigan State won the Rose Bowl, and they probably could have played for a national championship if they didn't have the one loss on their record, and that game was Notre Dame, and that was not a yeah. good Notre Dame team. That was Tommy Reese at quarterback. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> so Notre Dame's kind of had their number a little bit, and being at home, I favor Notre Dame. Um, I think I, I think Notre Dame I think Notre Dame's favored. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know whether that's a in the bag win. Like you can just put that in pen. No, I think it'll be. I think it'll be I don't know what Michigan State's gonna have. Because I, I D'Antoni just you, D'Antonio pulls out yeah players like you, he just finds these players and you're like where was this guy the entire time and he turns out to be a two year starter who's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you guys win your next two games handily, Syracuse and Duke. I, I really don't think those will be very tough, tough games. Off. Just quick highlight is playing Syracuse at the Giant Stadium. So even though it's in Syracuse's backyard, being in New Jersey, New York area, that's going to be still a Notre Dame home game with so many Notre Dame fans there. Um, then October 8th at NC State. That could be a pretty good game, I think. Uh, I kind of like NC State. Um, but Notre, I mean, Notre Dame has kind of had the ACC's number outside of Florida State and Clemson. So I don't think NC State's flying under the radar for them. Like, they'll take the game seriously. And I think that'll be the difference. If they let them, if they let them fly under their radar, they could easily get upset or at least play a close game, but if they show up, then it should be a pretty easy game, two touchdowns, yeah. something like that. NC State's the one game I look at that I just look at and I say it's on the road. Mm-hmm. Weird stuff happens to teams in Raleigh. Yeah. I could see it, but I don't. I think right. the game, if they lose games, it would be Stanford and USC. Right. Yeah. Stanford. The one thing about the NC State game is it is kind of a trap game because it's right before Stanford. Right, and they would be flying high off of two straight wins against Duke and Syracuse, who are not as good, in my opinion, as NC State is going to be this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jalen Samuels will be the X factor in that game, how Notre Dame covers him, how Notre Dame defends him, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I see the Miami game being a closer game. I don't see Miami winning that game. It is in South Bend. Now, if they win that game, it's a huge win for them, but I just don't see them winning that game. I, I, I really don't even see it as a trap game because if they lose to Stanford, I expect Stanford to be in the top five. So it's not going to be like this crushing loss unless Stanford just mauls them. You're right. Um, and yeah, and you know, they're not going to be caught looking ahead because Navy and Army, I respect Army and Navy a ton, but Navy and Army are not going to scare Notre Dame. Right. So they're not going to get caught looking ahead to those two games. And Notre Dame always – so just back to the Stanford thing real quick. So I think that's kind of a toss-up. Maybe Notre Dame has the edge. It's prime time at home. But Stanford, I mean, Stanford Notre Dame last year was, I think that was one of the best games I watched all year. Yeah, it was an excellent game last year. So back and forth. And I think that's kind of maybe the same thing. Notre Dame probably doesn't have as much offensive firepower this year with losing all the receivers. But I do think they'll have a better run game, being that Terry and Folsom's coming back. So we'll have a true running back back there. Last year we had. Really, a slot receiver that we put in at running back because our true running back got hurt the first game of the year. Yeah. So I think it'll be kind of back. It could either be back and forth or it could be physical, kind of typical Stanford game. 
So I think that's a toss-up. But like you said, even if they lose, the one thing I like is that the week after Stanford, and they probably did this on purpose. They were a bye that week. I just noticed that. Yep. The week after Stanford's a bye. So you lose, it's a good week to refocus, get back on the I think the Miami's going to bye too yeah. before that. So those will be two fresh teams coming in. But like I said – a lot of it depends on how Rick does and what that is. I would give the edge to Notre Dame by two touchdowns in that game, maybe more because it's at home. Mm-hmm. Brad Kai is a great quarterback, but I think Notre Dame's got that game. I think they've got the next four games after Stanford. Uh, Virginia Tech will be tough, but that's at home. I think if they're to lose two games, it would be Stanford and USC, but they're toss-ups. I mean, you know, they're really toss-ups. Yeah, the things I do like about the Navy – and Army games is, one, they play Navy every year, so they're used to the offense, and Navy and Army do the same thing on offense. They also play Georgia Tech a lot, which helps that as well. Also, they're both neutral site big games, so it's not like they're going to be sleepwalking into them. They play Navy at down in Jacksonville where the Jaguars play in their stadium. And then Army – is the uh, Shamrock Series game where they always pull out a new uniform. So yeah, that, where, where is, is that going to be at Notre Dame or is that going to be at a neutral site? No, that that's, the, that's the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. So that's something I like them because they're something to get up for. They're not just like, oh, we're playing. We just got to play Army today. I don't know. Maybe they will feel like that because Army is Army. It is Army. They haven't been much lately, but the Shamrock Shamrock series will help them get up for that. I mean, the Notre Dame Shamrock series game last year was Boston College, and they almost messed around and got beat. So anything could happen, but I think they shouldn't struggle as much as somebody might with Army because they're used to that style of offense. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think they beat Virginia Tech. I just don't think Virginia Tech's good enough. It's a – Good resume game, I guess, because Virginia Tech's just a name. But I just don't think – Yeah, I don't know. That may just be it. They may just be a name this year. Yeah. So I think that's a 17-point game, something like that, 14, 17, something like that. And then USC is the other tough game, which could really – if they're coming in with one loss, we'll just say say Stanford beats them and they're coming in with one loss. They're 10-1. USC will define whether or not they can make an argument for the playoff spot. Yep. It's they at will. USC. The, Notre Dame played really well against USC last year. I do like that it's moved back because last year was kind of in the middle of the season a little bit. But this year it's the last week. So I kind of like that the rivalry games back in that spot. And I think they'll be really up for that because they wouldn't have had a – Big game per se, then Miami. So that would kind yeah, of be like, and, and I mean, they'll be able to get up for that one. Like a big game against a team that's good and that is got a lot of talent. Right. I see Notre Dame could be a two loss team. They could be a one loss team. They could be undefeated. I think if they're undefeated, they're in the playoff automatically mm-hmm. um, because they would have beaten Stanford. They would have beaten Miami. They would have beaten USC. Uh, they would have the wins they would have beaten Michigan State they would have the wins they need a one loss team I think gets in to the playoff if that one loss is to Stanford and Stanford's in the playoff I think they're in or if that one loss is to USC if that one loss is to USC I don't think they get it because it would be so late game that 
like you talked about that game against the Big 12, that would help them. They would need that. Right. But if that one loss is to anyone else outside of USC or Army or, you know, a team that's just terrible, right. I think they can still make the playoff. If it's a two-loss team, they're not making the playoff. Right. Yeah. I think USC will be really good. So I think it's going to be a top 10, top 15 matchup. Last week of the season, on the road, probably prime time, rivalry game. I think that'll really – and that'll be that'll be the pinnacle of the season right there. So yeah, I think, I think it will be too. So three games that define the season, Michigan State at the beginning to kind of get things going, Stanford in the middle to keep it going, and then last week of the season, USC. Yeah, and I mean if they lose to Michigan State or Stanford, they can still make the playoff with that one yeah. loss. Definitely. But they, they have to win that USC game if they are looking at – if they're like fifth in the nation or fourth in the nation and they're not secure, they got to win that game. Yep. And if they want to play it safe, just go undefeated. Because I don't – I think the committee wants yeah. to keep them yeah. out at all right. costs. Because I think the committee likes keeping it clean and having the conference – four conference champions be in there. Yeah, because I don't think – like you said, I think the committee wants to keep it clean. They want to uh, – they, they, they don't want controversy. A one-loss Notre Dame team, depending on when that one loss is, who it's to, won't really cause controversy unless they get in over an undefeated conference champion out of, like, the Big 12, which I don't think will happen. Right. Uh, I, I think the Big 12, if they have an undefeated – if it's Oklahoma and they're undefeated with a win over Ohio State, I think they get in without a doubt. But I think you, you, you hit it on the nail you nail on the head. If they want to be safe and make the playoff, just go undefeated um, – but, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see Notre Dame this year. They were good last year, took a tough uh, – went through some tough injuries. Um, oh, but I, I think they're going to be really good this year. I think they're a sleeper team in the – I don't think many people are talking about Notre Dame being a possible playoff team. Mm-hmm. I think they could be, but they've got to be Stanford. They, they just have to go undefeated just to make people, you know, to erase all doubt like they did when they played Alabama. Because if they had one loss going into that BCS title game, you know, there would have been people complaining. Right. Yeah. I think the big story will be the quarterback thing because they got Zaire coming back from the injury week two last year. Or, sorry, I messed that up. Yeah, Malik Zaire. And then what's his face? I just totally drew a blank. Deshaun Kaiser. So yeah, Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, so Deshaun- I don't know. You, and a, you guys had so many quarterbacks last year, I stopped keeping track. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, they're winning. Good for them. <laughs> so the Sean Kaiser took over and I guess played 11 games, won all but – I guess he had three losses because he had the – but they were all close besides the bowl game. So he had the Clemson, which we just didn't show up for, and then almost came back in the end. Which was – that was one of the best games I've seen. Yeah. The Stanford game, which we already said was one of the best games, and that was just back and forth. So there was nothing he did wrong. And then – the Ohio State bowl game was weird. You had Jalen Smith going down with a freak injury. Didn't you have Joey Bosa tossed in that game as well? Yeah, it was just it was just strange. But yeah, so I think they'll still I think they'll have ten wins at the least. Yeah, I think ten wins is a safe assumption for them. At the worst, if Miami ends up being really good, that could be the other game I see them losing. Mm-hmm. It's too early to say. So I'll go with 10 wins for Notre Dame. Uh, if they don't make the playoff, 10-2 and two is not bad. They'll probably end up in a pretty decent bowl game because of the ACC's bowl slots. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's just my parting. I'm going to make a bowl prediction here. 
my parting kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Leonard Fournette as the Heisman Trophy winner. And the only reason he's going to win it over Christian McCaffrey, who will finish second, Tom Watts will finish third, is number one, strength of league. Uh, strength of league is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey will be flipping at one, at two and three. But I think he has a huge night against Alabama, and I think they beat Alabama. I think he has like a Derrick Henry-type night, like what Derrick Henry had last year against Alabama. I think he has a similar type night. And mm-hmm. if he has that, he will win the Heisman Trophy. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's, I think it's them two, McCaffrey, uh, Fournette, or Deshaun Watson from Clemson, the quarterback. I think if Deshaun Watson is to win the Heisman, Clemson's got to be again uh, the number one team in the nation, undefeated, all that jazz. If they're gonna want to. Um, if they're gonna want, if he's gonna want to win the Heisman, he's got to put up very similar numbers or better numbers than last year. Not because, not because Clint, he he's good enough to win the Heisman. But it's just there's so much talent with McCaffrey and and um, and Fournette, and you always have to account for um, a, a dark horse coming out of nowhere yeah. to win the Heisman. Dark horse is, I would say, Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback, Notre Dame. I don't. I don't really have a dark horse yet. I mean, a lot of people are looking at um, Florida State Dalvin Cook. Yeah. A lot of people. There's been Elijah Hood's name has been thrown in there, but I think if Hood or Cook is to win the Heisman, they'd have to rush and break Barry Sanders' single season touchdown and 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 yardage record. I think that's what it's going to take with uh, Leonard Fournette in there and all that stuff because he doesn't have to do that but hood and cook playing in the acc would need to do that uh, and hood and hood and carolina would probably have to go undefeated or have one close loss um or if they lose two games hood would have to play extremely well cook will have to play extremely well in all of fsu games but my dark horse is going to be dalvin cook from florida state if he can stay healthy i think he can i think he can really he's going to cause the acc a lot of problems but i think he can really surprise some people mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Cool. So I think we're going to leave it there. So appreciate you doing it. And I think we're going to do another one where we kind of go more in depth about players as far as Heisman. So we can do a full one about Heisman favorites. Dark yeah, that'll, that'll be another one where we go really into depth about all these players. Yeah. We don't have enough time to do that right. with this one, but we'll definitely do that. All right. So thanks for doing it. Sounds good. You're welcome, man. Yep. See you later. Boom. So you heard it. We went pretty in depth. We went for over an hour. So I think we pretty much covered a lot of ground as far as conference champs go. Um, so I just, one idea that just came to me, I think I'm going to do a shorter episode where I go through and rank. I guess it's a is a 12 or a 13 is a 13 week season, regular season for college football. I think that's right. So we're going to go down the list and rank it 13 down to number 1 best weeks for college football fans in the 2016 season. So that one just came to me. I'm going to drop after I upload this, this will probably be up tonight. 
uh, Wednesday night, and then Thursday, I'm going to come back with that. So appreciate you watching. Follow us on Twitter. It's at FitSportsShow, at F-I-T-Z Sports Show, all one word. So follow us on Twitter, and we'll keep putting out these episodes. Thanks.